question. Hanson, you might know the answer to this as executive producer. You might know the answer to this because you've been involved in a lot of different radio shows. Um, Joe isn't here, so I'm doing this by myself. And uh, with, you know, Sean and Michael and Marshall and Hanson, all these people helping us, not by myself, but I am the, uh, well, Joe's not here. That's the point. And, um, (laughs) And I was just talking to somebody out in the lunchroom as I sprinted down there to heat up my coffee and then sprinted back about how much harder this is to do by myself in terms of, like, beverages and going to the bathroom. Like, how does Hannity do it, or Rush? or Do, do you have any idea, Hanson? Hannity, what do they do for going to the bathroom? Hannity is a machine. He doesn't use the bathroom, Jack. He doesn't leave his chair. Here's what he does. He doesn't leave got, his chair for no, three he hours? No. He, he sits in front of you. He goes like this. He goes, okay, I'm ready. Go. Let's go. Let's do it. And then he does a segment. And then he sits there and he reads and he preps. He goes, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. And then he just goes. He just goes. And he's he a, never leaves his he's chair. He's a complete machine. No. Never leaves his chair. You're lacking in discipline is what I'm getting that's, from this, That's Jack. kind of the message there. About, Thanks, Sean. How about Rush as an older, heavier man? I would think he'd have digestion issues that you got to go to the bathroom now and then. Because Joe and I have a system, and, you know, here's a little glimpse behind the scenes. If you hear one of us bring us back and the other one's clearly not in the room for a little while, the other one's in the bathroom, almost certainly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's the way we do it. We've worked out our rhythm for these things over the years. Alone, I just did. So, huh, so handy. You could go trucker style. I mean, we could always, you know, set that up and just... The trucker's fence, strap a bottle inside my leg and... <laughs> I wouldn't just judge stand you. Here. <laughs> Seriously, i got to ask more people. Chad Benson, who follows me on, on one of the shows, I'll have to ask him because he does like seven hours of solo radio a day. Now, I used to do... I used to be a disc jockey, and I did that by myself, obviously, and you had to be in the room... When I did country music, back then, country music songs, average length, thank you, Gladys, playing the harp. When I did country music back then, the average country song was like two and a half minutes long, so you could barely step out of the studio. There was no putting on the uh, the long cut of Stairway to Heaven. And- no, no. Um, the long cut of Lee Greenwood, it's uh, proud to be American, might be 301. <laughs> um, and you're playing 45 records, so when they were over, they went, you have another record ready to go. And but I was a young man, you know. I just I could uh, I could do everything really fast, whatever. But huh, that's interesting. So Sean Hannity just sits there, does the whole show, doesn't need to leave. That's very impressive. Have you ever seen him drink water? Do we, do we know? Maybe he just like he, is he not a coffee drinker and doesn't drink water? Not sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just chalked it up to him being superhuman. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, it is uh, this time of week on a Friday. This is what we do on a Friday. We take a fond look back at the week that was. It's an acronym called COW. It stands for Clips of the Week. Now, I went there with the sole purpose of saying to him that because he had been convicted, it was inappropriate for us to be seen together. Uh, But I, I, I find it a waste of my time and yours to just be talking about what Republicans say. And is it correct you just started identifying as female two weeks ago? I'm not here to talk about my transition. I'm here to kick some ass. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. Christmas ornaments, drywall, and Jerry Epstein. Name three things that don't hang themselves. It- but the average American doesn't think that... We have to completely tear down the system and remake it. But there are many others who believe that the Tea Party is motivated by real concerns about the direction of our government and the responsiveness of our government to citizens. 
Your boss had concerns about your judgment. Your former boss, Dr. Hill, had concerns about your judgment. Your colleagues had concerns about your judgment. And your colleagues felt that there were times when you leaked information. Answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. I've not heard evidence proving the president committed bribery or extortion. I also reject the notion that holding this view means supporting all the foreign policy choices we have been hearing about over these last few weeks. Um, interesting in there, the Obama clip we had from earlier in the week where he said, I don't think people are looking for a revolution, you know, uh, uh, another shot at the um, well, the revolutionary candidates of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, as opposed to a more moderate, steady improvement from his point of view. Um, and then he said yesterday to DNC Chair Tom Perez, "This is a Barack Obama knowing fully well. Barack Obama knows that everything he utters about this gets huge coverage uh, out there in uh, in political world." Debates over which health care plan or which climate change plan to support are good arguments to have, but you have to win the election, Obama says. The main thing is to actually achieve majorities that allow us to move these things forward. He's making it as clear as he possibly can. Look, I'm, 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 I know more about this than you do. I've got more ears than you, and I'm telling you right now, this pie in the sky, we're going to give everybody everything that will never happen, is going to lose. I wonder if he gets more stark as you get closer to caucus day in iowa if if an elizabeth or somebody is still up there and looking pretty viable if he just comes out and says elizabeth warren will lose i don't know if he'd do that or not and another note on that i wanted to hit out obama and George. oh i was reminded today watching msnbc talking about pete Buttigieg having zero percent support among black voters in south carolina remember early on it wasn't until obama won iowa that he had more of the black vote than Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was winning the black vote until Obama won Iowa. Isn't that something? So clearly, and congratulations to black voters, they were more interested in who they thought could win and who who had their policies and could actually win than, you know, just voting for my team. Hey, there's a black guy, I'm going to vote for the black guy. And they didn't think he could win when he won Iowa. And uh, uh, and and made it clear that he was a real thing that uh, that that they they switched. And so I just wonder if the same thing could happen for Mayor Pete. It might just be that Mayor Pete looks like a young guy from the middle of nowhere. I haven't heard of him. No chance. He wins Iowa, and New Hampshire. All of a sudden, okay, we're on board. That could easily happen. Wow, that's really interesting about that the the Hillary Barack dynamic there. Yeah, well, you know, Bill Clinton. I think he did. He coined this himself. I don't know, but he loved talking about how people consider me the first black president, and crowds would roar. He 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 tried to wear that mantle. Right, right, I'm not right. exactly sure how he they made that. Seems inappropriate through today's lens. Yes, it definitely does. But anyway, he got a lot of credit for that, and there was his wife running for president, so that's where that comes from. Speaking of that sort of stuff, conversation with Gary Dietrich, one of our favorite political analysts, coming up in just a little bit about what's going on uh, around the country right now, uh, and it's pretty entertaining. Coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 
Armstrong and Getty Show. We're talking with Gary Dietrich, nonpartisan political analyst. What's I-3? What is that? I-3 is uh, the new name. You remember our name used to be Citizen Voice. Yes. We changed it to I-3 for a whole variety of reasons I won't go through. But I-3, inspire, inform, involve. We do two main things. One is, as you know, I do nonpartisan political analysis all over country. Do we find that very helpful to people? I mean, honestly, Jack, you'll know this. People tell me all the time, Gary, I can hardly find somebody who is genuinely even-handed. It's hard. And nonpartisan. And you know very well, because we've been doing this over, way yeah. over a decade together. I mean, wouldn't I, on, on a pretty reasonable basis, be reasonably nonpartisan? Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Okay, yeah. there you go. So we try to do that, try to offer up that perspective. Because i got to tell you, I have a lot of news directors who tell me, Jack, we can't find anybody like you, Gary, to do this. <laughs> and so there's that. The other piece of it is, as you know, we do a lot of projects, as we say, to protect the vulnerable. Most notably, our Safely Out project, where we go to disaster zones with our Safely Out kits that help make sure that the vulnerable can be safely evacuated during disasters. I was in Florida and Texas for the hurricane, certainly the California wildfires. That was born after Katrina, when, remember, uh, thousands of people lost their lives who could have gotten out had they been able to get assistance to do so. If any of that sounds interesting to you, go to GaryDietrich.com. We'll have a link at our website. Um, so on that topic and with an impeachment going on right now, trying to get a fair version of what happened during the day, I have, you know, MSNBC and Fox have been two different things for a long time, but it's never been like this. I mean, it's as if. One is following a football game and one's following a baseball game. They're just completely different stories at the end of the day. You have to take in both and then use some sort of filter in your brain to have any idea what happened. Yeah, when I hear the, when I hear one of these outlets say, we're going to offer you highlight clips, I think, oh, that's going to be an interesting reel, yeah. right? Is that going to be the Niners or the Packers version yeah. of this yeah, Sunday's exa- game? Yeah, exactly. Right? Very I mean, good analogy. That's pretty much what it is, and I, I, I'm saddened by that, really, because... Hey, come on. I do remember the days of the black and white, you know, Howard Baker, long form impeachment hearings. Right. And I mean, I got to tell you something. It's I I don't know how you get over that in a world where we can all of us dissect exactly what kind of what kind of news and what slant of news we want to take in that day. Well, I know Bill Maher's been making the argument that um, people aren't smart enough. He doesn't think the population, the populace, is smart enough to make these decisions I on their totally own. I totally disagree. To take with in that. all the information and and, uh, and and figure it out on their own. You think people are smart enough? Yes, I do. Well, I hope I you're mean, right. Well, here's my thing, Jack. I mean, you only have two alternatives in this in this discussion. One is forget it. We're a nation of numbskulls. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, or, yeah, yeah. Or, you, or, or, seriously, I mean, you know, you know, the people are not capable. But here's my thing. I go, I go way, way back. I mean, I go back to the beginning, and I ask myself. So Gary Dietrich fa- is 97 years so old. The, no, no, I'm talking, I'm talking 200 <laughs> plus. Did the founding fathers, when they put this democracy and this representative democracy in place, they think, well, we got a bunch of idiots in this place, man. We're, <laughs> we're, taking, we're taking control of this, at least we're pretending everybody has a voice. No, no, that's not the way it's happened. And I, I think my, my thing about this has always been this over time, Jack, that over time, people figure out the truth. Over time, they figure out the right thing. And I think our history and our country does bear that out over time. Is it happening in an election cycle or two? Sometimes not. But over time, yes. Call me, call me an Eagle Scout, which I am. I am a big believer that democracy over time is the best you got. 
I think it's less about intelligence capacity and more about people just haven't adapted to the new way that information is dispersed. That's they, a good point, They Sean. think the news is still the news, and it's not. Yeah, well, boy. And here's my <laughs> other thing, guys, is how much time people don't have to sort it all out. I think that, to me, is the biggest challenge. There are so many information sources, so many polls. I mean, you used to have polls from the big three networks. That was it. Now you have 25 presidential polls. Some, you know, and I yeah, just but think, for a lot of people, yeah, there are a lot of different sources. I've got Rachel Maddow and Chris Matthews, or I've got uh, you know Sean Hannity and Chris Wallace. I can. Oh, watch I see. The, you're saying people still self-select <laughs> yeah, exactly. the kind they want. Well, there's that too. Um, uh, we only got like a minute left. Uh, are they going to vote on impeachment this year? Well, you know, I think I think the push we were talking about a little bit of this off air. Standing Hoyer tells his gang this week, "Don't go home before Christmas. Don't make any plans." I think the, I think the House wants this off their plate. Come January. Then the Senate is going to run a trial with an election going on. Yeah, yeah with February with big, with February 3rd primaries and caucuses starting up. So, a uh, quick, easy question for you. Who's going to be the nominee? I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no Neither idea. Neither do I. I have no idea. Seriously, I don't. If I t- if, you know, we've had these conversations, Jack. If I knew, I'd tell you. Somebody currently running, you think? Oh, well, it's too late for people to get in now. It is. So nobody we've, could, no Oprah, no Michelle Obama, no Hillary Clinton. Some key deadlines are passing as we speak. So Hillary Clinton couldn't get in. Could, but may not get on all 50 state ballots. That was Gary Dietrich. You can go to our website, armstrongandgetty.com, and uh, get a link to his uh, nonpartisan organization there. I don't know if any of that stuff uh, matters. As he said, he has no idea who's going to win, but I don't know if any of that stuff, you didn't get on all the ballots yet. I don't know. if Somebody's floundering. Somebody comes in late. I don't know. I, I, I don't think any precedent matters with anything anymore. Uh, politics-wise, just everything's brand new. Uh, everything is brand new for, for reasons I think you understand. Since I mentioned armstrongandgetty.com, we do have our store up there. That's where you find the Armstrong and Getty store for buying uh, all kinds of different products. Merch. Have, merch. Buy the merch. That have uh, hoodies and T-shirts and all kinds of different stuff like that. So, uh, Punch violence in the face, kind of, kind of the Joe Biden motto. Who's going to buy that tank top? Um, boy, I, I outgrew wearing tank tops a very, very long time ago. That'd be a good look right there, huh? Yes, Hanson, can we track anybody who's orders the tank tops and monitor their online activity? <laughs> but I might, I'm probably actually going to get a yo-yo-yo shirt uh, for myself and maybe family members. That's my motto I've been trying to get going. I just, I just think it'd be like a good legacy for my life if yo-yo-yo catches on. I think it's good to have goals. <laughs> anyway, that's at armstrongandgetty.com. I wanted to get this on. This is something uncool that Fox did yesterday. From a guy I usually like, Peter Douchey, his dad's name is... I get him mixed up. Which one's his dad? Or is Peter Douchey his dad? His dad's on Fox and Friends in the morning, tall, blonde-haired, skinny guy. Steve Ducey. Steve Ducey. And then his son, Peter Ducey, I guess it's pronounced Ducey. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming. I'm sorry. I, I prefer your pronunciation, well, actually. His son, Peter Ducey, I, I really like. Uh, on Fox News, he's on Brett Bear's report, and he's in Iowa and following the canon stuff like that. I think he's really good. I think he's better than his dad. And he's a really young guy, and I think he's a serious journalist. I, I think he made a mistake with this. This was him asking Joe Biden a question yesterday in Iowa. Meeting with the mayor. I'm wondering if you have a comment on this report and court filing out of Arkansas that your son Hunter just made you a grandfather. No, that's a private matter. I have no comment. Mr. Vice 
Thank you. I'm going to leave you with that. You're a good man. You're a good man. Thank you, guys. This is all the time we have. So that was uh, Peter Ducey bringing up a story we had yesterday that uh, Hunter Biden became a uh, father again. Some woman. Hunter, you're a loser. Some woman he had a very brief. Very brief, I believe, relationship within Oklahoma, Arkansas, someplace, and had a baby. Yeah. So Peter Ducey says to Joe Biden, I just wondered if you have any comments on becoming a grandfather again, which is a jerk question to ask. And uh, I, again, I like Peter Ducey. I think his work is great. I'm going to blame it on youth. When I was young, I pushed too far sometimes trying to be you know, provocative or funny also. But I thought it was uncool. I thought Biden handled it as well as you could. Um, for that saying that's a private matter, but, uh, yeah, good question. Classy, real classy. I mean, that's just a jerk question to ask. I don't want any candidates having to answer for relatives and that sort of stuff. I just, I'm, I'm not into that. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we've got President Trump weighing in on the situation in Hong Kong. One of the most important points made during yesterday's impeachment inquiry, largely going underreported. And boy, we love our pets around the holidays. Yeah, probably means extra food, too. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. wonder what Marshall Phillips is going to tell us in the news. Could be anything. Let's find out. Well, President Trump is now calling the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act being sent to him by Congress, supporting the protesters, a complication in the ongoing trade talks with China. Now, that passed uh, uh, 100% unanimously the other day, right? Yep. Telling Fox News. We have to stand with Hong Kong, but I'm also standing with President Xi. He's a friend of mine. He's an incredible guy. Uh, We have to stand, but I'd like to see them work it out, okay? We have to see them work it out. But I stand with Hong Kong. I stand with freedom. I stand with all of the things that we want to do, but we also are in the process of making the largest trade deal in history. Chinese officials. That's that's a tough one. I mean, I realize the position we're in, he's in. As we're trying to negotiate this deal with China, which would be much better for our country going forward, and is a must, according to Chuck Schumer and yeah. uh, Mitch McConnell. But to say she's a great guy, he's a friend of mine, he's one of the most evil people on the planet, without a doubt. So I don't, I don't know. Anyway, the Chinese officials have said if the president signs the Hong Kong Act supporting the protesters, it's going to make it much harder to complete a phase one trade deal i suppose it's real politic it's just yep. dealing with what is it's yep. like uh, churchill sitting down with stalin at this moment at this time it helps me to be friends with this guy the impeachment inquiry hearings wrapped up yesterday with testimony from former white house official fiona hill she's a russian analyst who had been an aide to former national security advisor john bolton and in her testimony she warned russian meddling would not stop and stressed she thinks their goals aren't to just help one candidate. The Russians' interests are, uh, frankly, to delegitimize our entire presidency. And she says the various narratives are proving the point. This is exactly what the Russian government was hoping for. If they see misinformation, they see doubt, they have everybody questioning the legitimacy of a presidential candidate, be it President Trump or potentially a President Clinton, that they would pit one side of our electorate against the other, that they would pit one party against the other. Yeah, I I wish more people were willing to accept that. I wish 
the president and uh, and and some of the president's supporters would be willing to say, yeah, Russia was involved in the election. And then I wish the other side would be willing to say Trump's not president because Russia got involved in messing with the election. And both sides could agree on that. But right. We can't get there. Uh, she uh, she made that point quite uh, quite forcefully, and it was interesting because in the clips and things that I got this morning, and because I was looking for that the, the, those particular statements, I couldn't find them. There were a lot of statements from her, but not dealing with that particular point. Huh. So anyway, meanwhile, uh, her former boss, uh, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, is making a mysterious return to Twitter. Bolton tweeted at his followers after a two months absence, telling them to. Stay tuned for the backstory. God, we've just gone so far down the road now of everything's a TV show. Yes. Everything's a merch opportunity, a book deal, a TV show, yeah. uh, whatever. Bumblebee Foods. Bumblebee Foods Company behind the Cantuna brand is filing for bankruptcy. Oh. The San Diego. Is it going to be the end of them or are they going to re- reconfigure? Well, San Diego based corporation is looking for Chapter 11 protection. People are. Did millennials ruin tuna? Now, a lot of it has to do with the mounting legal costs associated with their federal price-fixing scandal. Mm-hmm. Two, oh, what were they doing? Two years ago, Bumblebee admitted that they had worked with rivals Chicken of the this Sea. This tuna's gone bad. Back to you, Marshall Phillips. <laughs> worked with rivals Chicken of the Sea and Starkiss to jack up prices. So they still owe $17 million in fines and continue to face several class action suits. You want to hear my impression of the detective working on that case? Something smells fishy here. <laughs> so, Back to you, Jack. Do, do people have brands with tuna like they do with other things? Like you're either a Pepsi or Coke person or a Crest or Colgate? Or... Oh, I think so. And tuna? Yeah. You do? Are you a sun-kissed man or a starfish? Or <laughs> No, uh, we were pretty much star-kissed, star-kissed. in our family. Yeah. There you go, star yeah. yeah. Well, the chicken of the sea tuna led to one of the great moments in TV history when then-pop princess Jessica Simpson got mightily confused about... Is tuna chicken? Right. right. Why is it called that? Right. right. And I her equally dim bulbed uh, fiance at the time, Nick Lachey, didn't really have a good uh, retort to it. <laughs> right. He wasn't sure. Yeah, it he was. It's well, uh, an excellent question, dear. <laughs> yes. I think I come from a chicken of the sea family, also. Okay. Anyway, Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee's in danger right now. And it turns out. Half of America. You get a can of tuna. This was a good single yeah. man can't cook sort oh, of meal. Yes. I just Excellent. get a can of tuna. I mix it up with some mayonnaise and chopped up pickles. Yep. Oh, that's good eating right uh, there. Put a little celery. That'd and be fine. Yeah. I'll take your word for it on that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Millennials uh, are killing tuna. Really? What is wow. it with you, millennials? Why do you hate everything? <laughs> yes. You described three ingredients that I try to avoid on everything mayonnaise, pickles, and tuna. Yes. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a revelation. That's right. Millennials are killing mayonnaise, so that's... Yeah, that's, uh, mayonnaise improves nothing. Pickles, I look at a pickle, all I see is a ruined cucumber. Mayonnaise improves everything. Mm, ask I'm... your heart about that. Okay, oh. boomer. All <laughs> yeah, right. Good one, Jack. Uh, okay, all right, my friends. Half of Americans, I'm sure including Positive Sean, include their pets on their holiday gift lists. In fact, according to the SunTrust National Financial Confidence Poll... Pet owners are going to spend an average of $137 on their furry family members. No, we won't. <laughs> well, that's right. You're a pet owner, aren't you? Yeah, I'm not spending a thing on my pet. So you have a cat or a dog now? Uh, just a cat. You have a cat. I kind of adopted it. It came with the fiancé, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> a two-for-one deal. Yeah. 
Brian Nelson. Hey, fiance, so to speak. <laughs> Brian Nelson Ford, who worked on the study, said pets are members of the family. No, so. they're not. So I, it, I mean, I, yeah, I like pets fine, but just, yeah. What about your pug? I thought you thought he was kind of That a, might be different in the way that it plays the role of a comfort animal for my uh, troubled son. But right. uh, in general, I like to distinguish between humans and, and uh, pets. 59% of dog owners plan on buying a gift for their doggy. Well, only 34% of cat owners will be uh, making purchases for their cats. So, to, to me, the line is, you can get gifts for your pets, but don't give them a stocking above the fireplace. Yeah. Well, or a mantle or wherever you're pretty common. Yeah, yeah they, they, they don't care what it's wrapped in. <laughs> yeah. They can smell it anyways. You got you, them some sort of you, food, food-like food You substance. wrap right. it, you put it right. in the Christmas stocking. Okay. No. And they jump up and tear the stocking down and rip it into it, right? If it's food. Yeah, one time I got yeah. my wife uh, some Starbucks mocha powder from Ooh. Starbucks because yeah. she likes making the mochas at home. And uh, the dog got into that when we were gone and just destroyed. Oh, no. <laughs> just made it just such a mess. All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Getting to Sean's They Can Smell the Present thing because it was wrapped. And- oh, yeah. Yeah, we were out of the house like two seconds before the dog realized there's something food-wise underneath the tree mm. right now. Um, what were we talking about right before then? Having a senior moment. Mayonnaise. Oh, right. Tuna. So me saying tuna, mayonnaise, and pickles sounds yeah. good to you sounds like if my dad said, you take some liverwurst, some cow tongue, yes, and some whorehounds <laughs> candy. And then you got yourself a good Friday. <laughs> right, right. Well, I remember, I, I remember my dad used to go on and on about sardine, sardines and hardtack. Yeah, hardtack. What's that? That's, that's a carpenter's tool, right? <laughs> no, it's a very crisp, hard biscuit. Yeah, it came in like almost a sheet. That's a frontier food right there. Um, Yes, uh, he's not wrong. That is pretty close to it. Yeah, my dad ate pickles pig feet, and I'm I'm sure like nobody like nobody my age ate them. No, and it's probably I don't even know if you can buy pickles pig feet anywhere. Can you? Yeah, have have you or your friends ever had Uh, pig knuckles as they're called? When you go to various kind of soul food restaurants and stuff, and you'll you'll get some authentic. Pig menu knuckles? items on, on yeah. there like that. I but have, none of your friends ever show up to play video games and drink some beer and say, I brought the pig knuckles. No, no, <laughs> no. That's not a common thing that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we Me. point at it on the menu and like, can you believe that the, what are you, how many of these do you think they sell in a right. month? Boy, right? my dad would pull into Wally's liquor store on a Friday and get some pig knuckles and smoke carp and some Schlitz. Oh, and he was set for the Friday. <laughs> Carp? Sounds good. Smoked carp. Smoked carp sounds good. I don't yeah, know yeah, the yeah. pig knuckles. I tried. I just never. Uh, oh, yeah. pig's feet. You've ever seen them? Is there a difference no. between pig's feet and pig knuckle? Or are those the same no, thing? Same, same thing. thing. Okay. But okay. have you ever seen them? They no. they look exactly like the foot of a pig. Yeah. And it's in a in a glass of vinegar to try to keep <laughs> it from killing you. I guess. I yeah. understand. <laughs> in the days pre refrigeration, oh. pickling was a very important process well, yeah. to do to your food in yeah. order to keep it lasting longer, True. and you could feed your tribe right. and survive. Right. We have fridges now. Right. Just we no don't need, need to for do this. this. Exactly. That's why you, you can put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> it's still a pig. So uh, Bill Maher was on Larry King the other night. Yeah, Larry King still has Larry a show. King. And Bill Maher was on the show and talking about the state of news and that sort of thing. I thought it was pretty interesting. We'll hit you with a little of that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
latest poll that's out, enthusiasm for impeachment has dropped. There's been a six-point swing on that, which is good news for the president and bad news for the Democrats trying to boot him out of office. And that's from the start, from before the hearing started. So the hearings hurt the impeachment movement for whatever reason, and I'm not exactly sure why, but uh, that's where we are right now. And the president's approval rating in the Emerson poll is up to 48. So he's gone up in approval during this period of time. That's enough on that. Uh, I don't know how I got started mentioning pickled pig's feet or pig knuckles, as my dad used to call them, but we got a number of texts on that. Uh, some people have eaten them. Some people who'd never heard of them. Oh, we got this text, LMAO over the food debate. We have a can of ambiguous items in our break room at work, including a can of pork with juices. It became a work joke. I don't know how many decades it's been there. Pork with juices. I'm uh, not exactly sure what that is. Can you, I, don't, I don't know if there's anybody eating pickled pig's feet now. My mom was born in 1938 and used to talk about eating pickled pig's feet with mustard. She grew up in Wyoming and Arizona. Yeah, for a certain demographic, and that would be, you know, like a presidential candidate age people, um, pickled pig's feet were a, were a thing. I just, millennials have killed eating the pickled feet of animals. It's a disgrace. Um, yeah. I never tasted them. I couldn't, I just couldn't go there. The name turned me off. They look like it. I also, um, they yeah, they look exactly like it. It's not like, like you get it and it's, a, it's a, oh, no, that actually looks like a cupcake. No, 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 you know what you're doing when you're eating that. God, and my, I had a girlfriend once who was uh, from a German-German family, like they had German accents, and uh, and made hog's head something or other for Thanksgiving. And it was the head soaked in something, and it was so gelatinous. I mean, it was just, it was j- white like off-white, which is not an appetizing color, off-white gelatinous stuff that oozed out of the head of this hog that they'd been soaking. Ugh. And I thought, why? I, I realize that's something you created in the Great Depression in the Midwest as German immigrants, but we don't have to eat that now. Uh, I think we've got time for this. So Bill Maher was on Larry King the other night. Yeah, Larry King's got a show online, I guess. He's got his own online network. Features shows from Jesse Ventura and others. But anyway, here's Bill Maher on Larry King discussing the current state of media. You paint your bald spot? I don't know what you're talking about, sir. My hair grows. You paint your bald spot? I don't have a bald spot. How come you had less hair on the tape? Maybe my hair grew. Maybe I had a bad haircut that day. By the way, something. What do you care? I'm sorry. I seem to have things mislabeled. That is not the right Larry King clip. This is Bill Maher on Larry King. The nightly news is a disgrace. A disgrace. It has a few minutes of actual news, just headlines. And then it's weather, which is not what they're supposed to do. It's not the weather channel, but it acts like one. Uh, First of all, it's not interesting to people in the parts of the country where the weather isn't affecting them. And it's always the same story. It snowed and then it melts. Okay, (laughs) And when there's a disaster, of course, that's news. I mean, a a disaster like fires. But it's not news to just talk to people and get them to cry. That's disaster porn. And then (laughs) and then a lot of the news is just here's some here's some videotape we have that's cool and funny. What is this? YouTube? It's like, look at this little critter. It, it, this squirrel hitched a ride on the wing of the airplane. It's like, that's not news. So the people who are watching that and thinking, well, I'm informed. I'm the person. No, you're not. So they're doing a double disservice. They're, they're pretending they're news, and they're not even news. 
Word for word, some of the very things we've said. Double disservice, one of your original air names. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was a rapper. <laughs> Double disservice. Um, word for word, some of the things Joe and I have said over the years. I feel like Bill and Mar and I could hang out, even though I couldn't disagree with him more or him me on a couple of like key issues. There's some stuff that we agree absolutely on and that. We've even called that disaster porn and grief porn and some of that stuff. And why the hell are you doing the weather all the time on the evening news? We know why. Cheryl Atkinson, who used to work at CBS and got fired, told us. Because it's non-controversial. It's because it's something they can run and nobody from either party will push back against it. So they just kill time with it. And we're not getting any information to make decisions about in a republic. Which is very frustrating. Um, that's a pretty interesting episode. I didn't, I, I had no idea. It was Larry King's birthday the other day. How old was he? Like close to 90? Yeah, he's getting way, way up there. And the last, uh, I remember I was talking about Larry King, he was close to death. He, he was in the hospital somewhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's got 86. 86. He's damn yeah. near 90. And he's yeah. got like nine alimony checks he's trying <laughs> right, to write still. And right. So that'll keep you, that'll keep you on the air for a while. Well, oh, yeah. I'm still talking to Bill Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thought that was good stuff. Well, anyway, um, here on my own, I had prepared three hours and 56 minutes worth of show out of a four-hour show. So Dang it. this last few minutes, Almost I guess we'll there. just... Oh, luckily... A little moment of self-reflection. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all quietly pray. <laughs> hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Thank you. Here's your host for fine, four final thoughts, me. I'm Jack Armstrong. Let's get a final thought from Michelangelo, the board operator. Okay, this year, instead of celebrating Thanksgiving, celebrate serve-giving. Instead of having Thanksgiving dinner with your family, you eat dinner with random strangers who serviced your home that year. The cable TV installer, AC repairman, stove repair woman. <laughs> Good times. I like the way you threw in a woman there to be politically correct. Yeah. Fantastic. And let's get a final thought from Marshall Phillips. So I got to tell you, I got a batch of scratcher tickets marinating oh, yeah. extra long for Monkey Monday. Monkey on back. Yes, for Monday now. Monkey on back could produce bacon in your belly. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. You always spread the wealth when you win, which yeah. I appreciate. It's kind of like China. He's figured out if he gives us bacon, we don't give him as hard a time for his yeah. uh, for his habits. Uh, big, big weekend in the cinema this uh, this time. We got, I, if you have kids, I don't have to tell you, Frozen 2, the Disney behemoth Ooh. is coming out tomorrow, or today rather, and uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. I don't know what's not to like about that. Yeah, yeah that's supposed to be pretty good. It's getting a close, it's 97% on the old Rotten Tomato meter. How are people liking Frozen 2? I've seen some bad reviews, but sometimes cinema critics yeah. who went to NYU review kids' movies and don't like them. It doesn't mean anything about whether or not my kids are going to like them. Uh, if you have kids, do your own research on it, but I believe there are some uh, plot points in this that it has aged with the kids who initially watched this, but if you're taking a, oh. a fresh young kid, gotcha. it might be a little bit above their, uh, their understanding. Thanks for that warning. That reminds me, I've been meaning to talk about how we watched Home Alone the other day with the kids. They'd never seen it before. The uh, Macaulay Culkin right. Christmas oh, classic. Yeah, right. Oh, my God, did we have fun with that movie. You and, filthy animal. And just <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and just a look at what the early 90s looked like. You forget uh, and, until you see the haircuts and the phones yeah. and everything. Like that. It was yeah. pretty darn hilarious. 
And the fact that Joe Pesci was typecast as a comedic actor early in his career mm-hmm. before Scorsese hired him for something. Right. Everybody thought that was his role, was being kind of a bumbling slapstick guy. One of the great actors of all time. He's great. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. You want to buy any Armstrong and Getty merch for Christmas for anybody? Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We got our podcast and all that sort of stuff there. Um, also, Joe under surgery today. I assume he'll be tweeting as soon as he's uh, coming to, letting us know how it went. See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.